Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Super Bowl 58, Chiefs and 49ers is here. If you want to place a bet on any of the football action, BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. Several props you can get to with the Super Bowl here. You can use our promo code, that's BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Going to be joined in a little bit by a special guest, but before we get to that, I just wanted to discuss a little bit about the Steelers' search for a new offensive coordinator They will interview former Falcons head coach Arthur Smith, and he is the former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He's the former offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. But so far, really the only one with significant play-calling experience because they've interviewed Gerard Johnson, the quarterback's coach for the Texans, no OC experience, Thomas Brown, who has a little bit of experience with that, with the Panthers, but it was back and forth between he and Frank Reich before Reich got fired midway through the season in Carolina. And then Zach Robinson, who took the Falcons offensive coordinator under new head coach Raheem Morris. So Smith is the exception. We'll see what the Steelers do to that point. But now we're going to be welcomed by today's special guest. And he is a seven-year NFL veteran. Welcome in Ross Tucker, Ross, thank you for joining the show. How are you this morning? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. And let's get right to it because I know your time is limited. Uh, Talking some about the Steelers search for a new offensive coordinator under Mike Tomlin. But I wanted to ask you first and foremost, this being a Steelers podcast, what do you think the Steelers most important need is this offseason? Ooh, um, it's a good question. I still think it's figuring out the quarterback position and maybe that's too obvious, but you know, I think they're in a better place at receiver feel pretty good about the running back situation. They definitely made some strides on the O line. You know, they still have Friar Muth at tight end defensively. Um, you know, I think you could look, you could look at corner, you could look at off the ball backer, another interior D lineman with cam getting up there in age, but you look at the AFC man until they have a top 15 quarterback they really don't have much of a chance I mean it's like you're um it's like you're in a boxing match but you got one hand tied behind your back you know and I don't know how they go about that maybe they try to make the big move for Kirk Cousins maybe they think even Tannehill would be an upgrade Maybe it's Justin Fields, right? Maybe they think Justin Fields that they can untap that potential that he has that we all see. But clearly to me, that is sort of the big need for them is trying to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. It sounds like they want Mason Rudolph back. It sounds like Kenny Pickett will be in on the conversation. I'm just not sure either one of those guys can move the needle. I'd like to think that they would get somebody else involved as well. You mentioned Tannehill. The Steelers will interview former Falcons head coach Arthur Smith, but remember he cut his teeth as the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. So I could see a pairing there, Ross. Uh, you mentioned as well 
um, the search for the quarterback position. They have an out with Mitch Trubisky that I'm assuming that they'll exercise. It's really at what price Rudolph would potentially come back, but then it's like a new OC is going to try to salvage Kenny Pickett. You spent a 20th overall draft selection on him, but I've been on this on this beat for a while is you can draft and develop a quarterback mid to late rounds because we saw the Eagles do it with Jalen Hurts. We saw the 49ers do it with Brock Purdy. Cowboys did it with Dak Prescott back in the day. The list goes on and on. It does, but it's still hard to do. You're, you're, you're only listing the positive examples. There's a lot of other <laughs> quarterbacks taken that we don't even talk about anymore that never even made a team or amounted to anything. I mean, that that to me is like, just take a quarterback in the sixth round because that's how you'll get Tom Brady, right? Like, I, I don't think the move is to take another guy in the draft. I don't. I think the move is to get a, a veteran guy that can play at a higher level than the guys that they've had. And I think you can make, and maybe it's Baker Mayfield, like, you know, mm. and I know these names don't excite people necessarily, but I think they all represent the ability to upgrade over Pickett and Rudolph. And that's what they should be trying to do. That doesn't preclude them, by the way, of drafting a young guy that they like in a later round and developing him. But that's not an answer for who who's the quarterback for the Steelers in 2024. Gotcha. I want to move to Super Bowl 58 Chiefs and 49ers and turn this over to you. What do you see is like the biggest storyline heading into Super Bowl 58? I I think it's uh, I think it's the Chiefs and being a dynasty. You know, if they win this one and that's, you know, three Super Bowls in five years, that's you know, going to four and winning three in five years, then they're a dynasty. And there aren't that many of them, right? I mean, you think about the 70s Steelers, the 80s Niners, the 90s Cowboys, the 2000 Patriots, the 2010 Patriots, I guess. You know, it doesn't happen very often. So when it comes around, you got to really appreciate it. And maybe they already are a dynasty in some people's mind. But for me, you know... And I think you make that argument, but if they win this, then they definitely are a dynasty. Yeah, I'm with you there. As a former player, why are we talking about Patrick Mahomes' greatness in the aftermath of the AFC Championship game? And let me preface that of second half, the Chiefs don't score any points. They fought, they punt five consecutive possessions. I know he has the late downfield pass to MVS to clinch the game. But to me, it's like, why are we not talking about the defense more? From the former player perspective, I'd love to get your your insight here. Well, that's that's who we should be talking about. Um, and I talked to Mahomes after the game. I interviewed him for Westwood One, and he talked about the fact that what he's learned this year is to not force things, is to not feel like it's all on his shoulders and to lean on the defense. And it's weird to hear Patrick Mahomes say that, but that's kind of what that's kind of what he's learned is that we have a an elite defense, number two in scoring, number two in yards. Those guys have delivered all year. I need to trust them 
and give them a chance to help us win the game. And it's worked. Yeah, that that's listen, that's fair enough because I look at the efficiency to Travis Kelsey as well, 11 of 11 for 116 yards, but on the flip side of the ball with the Ravens, they go down the field twice and fail to get points. Uh, Zay Flowers trying to stretch for the goal line, probably the most crucial play of the game by Legarius Need forcing the fumble. And then Lamar, at that point, you're just trying to make a play, throwing into triple coverage, a throw I'm sure he would love to have back. Well, I just don't get it. I mean, it's one of the worst playoff throws I've ever seen. Wow. Given the situation, given the circumstance, the decision and the throw, like, can you think of worse? I mean, I know Neil O'Donnell had some bad ones for the Steelers, but I mean, dude, <laughs> throwing the ball in a triple coverage, even a field goal at that point gives them a chance to win the game. But you got to get a score there. You can't throw the ball into a team meeting in the end zone. Just horrific. Are you prepared for a Taylor Swift Super Bowl? Absolutely. Yes. I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania, in particular, Wyoming, Pennsylvania which is the same hometown as Taylor. So, yes, very much so, yes. Listen, I totally get it. Like, I totally get people that they're, they, all they care about is the game and they're sick of the TV showing her. I, I get that a thousand percent. What I would tell you is I love football. Like, love it. And so I want as many people to experience the game as possible. So I'm a big proponent of the international games and trying to grow the game internationally. I'm a big proponent of what Taylor Swift has done, bringing new eyeballs to the game. There are more girls now talking about football, watching football. There's more girls that are talking about signing up for flag football. And she's helped that. She's definitely, definitely helped that. That, that to me is a positive. You get the Swifties. It's just another element. And it's funny, though. You see online, cracks me up where it's like, oh, Taylor Swift made Travis Kelsey. And I think she's definitely made him more famous. I think they've helped each other a lot in that regard. But it's like I look at Travis Kelsey, who's reverted back to his Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame status. And it's like two-time Super Bowl champion and only one of a handful of athletes that's hosted SNL before. So you've got all of those storylines. Um, I want to make sure we address the NFC side of things from the 49ers standpoint. Can Shanahan get it done? I know we're going to hear ad nauseum how Brock Purdy was the final pick. Um, what do fans need to know, football fans need to know, about the 49ers coming into this one? Well, one thing I think is interesting about it is I, I feel like they probably we're fortunate to win both those games in the playoffs. I mean, the Packers had six or seven different plays that if they went the other way, they win the game. The Lions, that was maybe the worst meltdown I've ever seen by a team. I mean, that that was painful to watch. I don't really care who wins. I like when there's new blood. So that was painful to watch those guys dropping those passes, fumbling. I mean, I, I can't I can't remember a worse meltdown, whatever you want to call it, collapse. So I just think the Niners, they better play a lot better than that to beat the Chiefs. I mean, I, I'm shocked. I have the Even Money betting podcast, and I can't believe I'm looking at it right now. 
the Niners are favored by two points? Are you kidding me? I mean, the Chiefs have been the better team in all three playoff games. The Niners, I thought, were not as good in both games. Give me the Chiefs and the two points all day. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes late in the game against Shanahan and Purdy? Now, the Niners might win and whatever, and they're favored, I guess, for a reason, but I like the Chiefs. Yeah, it's hard to go against Mahomes, and I think we've learned that lesson time and time and time again. Before uh, we get you out of here, I did want to ask you about your own playing days. Uh, I saw that you played for the Cowboys back in there, and you were filling in for the legendary Larry Allen, a Hall of Fame player. What's your best Larry Allen story? Ooh, um, all right, I got two. One is Larry, I I want to say he had a Bentley, and he would like, I never saw Larry without wearing the same cutoff sleeve black t-shirt every time I've ever seen him. So I don't know if he ever actually showered or he had 20 of those. I'm not sure what the deal was there. I also, I'm pretty sure he would spit onto the passenger side floor of his Bentley. That's where he would spit out his chew. The other thing is I started the last seven games for the Cowboys at left guard, no two. And Larry was listed as being questionable, which what's funny about that is you've never seen guys so happy to see me. I mean, <laughs> they were so glad it was me and not Larry Allen. It was like, oh, thank God. Hey, Tucker, what's up, man? Like they were so glad it wasn't Larry. Not a real good feeling when the D linemen are happy that they're going against you and not the other guy. Speaking of that, by the way, I know we only have a minute left. Check this thing out, man. I don't know what your deal is, girlfriend, married, whatever. The best Valentine's Day gift of all time. It's called myfrontpagestory.com. I'm just telling you, most people would just do like a gift card or take her out to dinner or flowers. You can get a story written about how amazing she is. And just being able to give it to her in all sincerity and being like, hey, hon, I wanted something special. So I had a story written about you. Like that sounds amazing and then make sure you use this line i just never thank her enough for all the little things she does even if you can't think of one thing she does just say that i've seen it's like next gen stats i've seen him cry like 95 percent of the time when they get to oh my gosh he notices he knows all the little things myfrontpagestory.com myfrontpagestory.com so money it's not even funny Ross, I appreciate your time. I want to make sure you get out of here. And uh, certainly it sounds like you smelled better than Larry Allen, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you all the best. Take care. And thank you for joining today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.